0: Good morning, everyone. I am unapologetically and unashamed to say that this is my house. Many of you all may not have known me. This may be your first time actually being able to engage with me, but as Pastor Brett shared, in November of 1993, we sat in my basement after he had been so faithful to come weekly and to share this gospel story of a man named Jesus Christ. And on that day, something just ripped my heart, and I realized that you've been running not only from God, but from God's purpose for your life. And how many of you all know it's tough to outrun God, especially when you're running on a treadmill? When you're running from God, all you're doing is running fast, and going nowhere. And that's the way I felt. It's been my joy to grow here. It's been my joy to see God add all of who we are over these past 22 years. And so my most special and precious jewels will be my family. And so I want to introduce them to you so that you can see who they are. I think we have a picture of them. There they go. To the far left is my daughter, Naomi. She's 13 Next to her is Gracie. She's 15. She'll be a junior in high school. Pray for her for this transition. (laughs) My lovely wife, Joanne, we've been married for 22 years. That young man next to me who thinks he's tall as me is my son, Samuel. He's now a freshman at the University of Arizona. Uh, The girl next to him is our oldest daughter, Faith, and the young kid with no teeth is my baby boy, Benjamin. And he's an amazing, amazing, amazing kid. I say God has added to us because we were told we could never have kids. But you listen to God. You listen to God. And so as I share to you today, I want to share to you as a son of this house. As I share to you today... I do want to share with you correct scripture. I want to make sure that what I'm giving to you is something that you can take back and you realize he did not lie. But more importantly, I want to make sure that I share my heart as a son in this house. And so the message that God has given me, and we'll join in Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 7, but the message God has given me is becoming a Joshua generation, following Moses. And for fulfilling God's purpose, becoming a Joshua generation and fulfilling God's purpose. Many times when you serve God's purpose, you don't have a lot of time to look up and to gaze and to consider all of the things that God has done. And so when I walked into this church 22 years ago in Oakton, we were actually the church behind the church. We had about 70 people. There was something unique about this church because although we may have been small in number, we were big in purpose, big in vision. And I've had the privilege of being here for 22 years to finally step back for a moment to gaze up and to see all that God has done. And my encouragement to you is this. Stay long enough to see what God is doing. I've never had another church. No one else has ever been my pastor. I've gone through one new member's orientation and it was good enough for me. Something across the street was not going to appease me because I knew that whatever I needed to become had so much to do with what God was creating in me and not all of the things around me. And so I stand here with great confidence to tell you that this is my house. This is my home. What we do in Phoenix, we do. 70, now look. 22 years ago, now look. Look. When God is pleased with you, he always expands his purpose for you. And he's pleased. He's pleased today. So I want to speak to you today from a son's perspective. And so we're going to learn from Joshua. Joshua chapter 1 verses 1 through 7. after the death of Moses... The servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all of the people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness... And this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea towards the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may be able to observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it, from the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. Fathers, we come before your presence. We thank you, God, that you are creating a generation You're creating a people. You're creating Joshua's. Lord, we ask you today, don't tantalize our mind by enthusing our intellect. Don't simply move our emotions. But God, I pray that you would speak to our heart. Bless us. In your name we pray. Amen. Provide a little context. Here we have a conversation where God is speaking to Joshua. But if you look in verse 1, you, you understand that there, there's a unique relational component here that is being established. Number one is that God is speaking to Joshua. And I believe, and I may be wrong, but I think he might be speaking to him for the first time. He's referring to the fact of, that Moses, his servant, is what Moses is called, is dead. And Joshua, his title is the assistant to Moses. Moses, as we know, is one of the greatest men in the Bible. History tells us that he was a phenomenal man. God spoke to him face to face. It says signs and wonders were done through this man. As a matter of fact, it says that the power of God was displayed through this man to where when people saw the power come through this life, it could literally strike them with fear and terror. It says that no other prophet would ever come behind Moses to be such A man is he. Moses was a serious man. And if I was Joshua, I would have a Moses complex. And so God speaks to Joshua. Because Moses had died. Moses, as great as he was, he died before he crossed over the Jordan into his promised land. Moses had experienced incarceration liberation, a season of hibernation and promulgation, growth. But he experienced all of that and he died looking at his promise and not entering in. Dare it not be that we die looking at our promised land and not entering in. And because God is so great, He does not change his purpose. He raises a Joshua up to fulfill it. Joshua's are the source of transformation and occupation. They possess what God established. They cross the Jordan that maybe others couldn't. And do you remember what his title was? Assistant. Assistant. So I want to give you four qualities of a Joshua generation because I believe that God is pleased with us as a church. I believe that He's calling us to higher levels. I'm gonna give you this one right now so that I don't forget. Because when God causes Moses up, your Joshua's got to come with him. And if you ever want to ascend into the places which God has for you, tie yourself to a Moses. Tie yourself to a Moses, four qualities. Of a Joshua generation. Verse 2, I'll just give it to you. Joshua's completed rather than compete for it. They complete it rather than compete for it. How many of y'all want to get a raise? Promotion? Hallelujah, I do. I've been trying to get a promotion for 20-some-odd years. I'll I'll finish it right, Pastor Brett, I promise. (laughs) Many times when people are seeking something for themselves, they have to create things on their own. And before you know it, they see someone in the position that they think is theirs. Instead of being able to rejoice, they start competing for it. Joshua remained an assistant. Throughout his entire tenure of serving Moses. And never once did he try to compete with it. The Lord said, Moses, you shall not cross over. Inaugurate Joshua because he will. There are things that God has placed inside of this church because God's purpose and his vision for this church is huge and is generational. And there are things that God has placed inside of this church where he is looking for Joshua's who are not trying to compete for it. They've set their heart that I'll complete it. He said, you won't cross over, but Joshua will. Are you here today? Because you're Joshua and you want to see completed what God has placed in your Moses. Moses. Have you found yourself here today because all you're trying to do is to compete for a spot and to get your place? Joshua's completed. Point number two. Joshua's, they hear like Moses. Verse three. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you as I said to Moses. Now, think about this. God is speaking to Joshua. He is commissioning him to go on this great journey to do amazing feats, and he does not talk to Joshua about his skill set. He does not talk to him about his abilities. He does not talk to him about his strengths, his weaknesses, his opportunities, or his threats. He did not give him a swat. <laughs> he understood that in order for Joshua to possess what I've established for my people, he's got to refer back to his Moses. And there are times in my life that I have asked God, speak to me. That's shallow hearing. Because when God speaks, he speaks for his people. Could it be that God is trying to speak to us? He is speaking through a Moses, speaking about a people, speaking about a church, speaking about a purpose that he's established in some type of way. We struggle with hearing because we only want him to hear we only want to hear him for ourselves. Joshua's don't need to hear for themselves. All I need to do is to hear what my Moses says. Here's the reason why. Many of us can't handle if God spoke to us. I've been close enough to Pastor Brett to realize some of the things that God says to him. I don't want to hear. Uh uh-uh. uh. No, 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 no. Oh, no. God wants Joshua to understand that when God speaks to his Moses, there are others who are listening. Do you hear him? Number three, this is the one I love. Joshua's, they know their position. Verse five, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. The Hebrew word for this phrase or the Hebrew meaning for this phrase really gives you two definitions. Not one speaks to opposition. Opposition. Your enemy, is what he's saying, will never be able to stand before you. And so this is what I've learned in my life. If I am following God, I am surrendered to his way. I've committed my life to his purpose. I've allowed my Moses to be a part of my life because I'm not trying to create my own thing. Because God is not going to create something special for me. You know, i, I realize realized this about God. He does not have tailor-made visions and purpose. He doesn't. God's purpose has been established before the foundations of the world, and he allows us to jump into his purpose and fulfill what he's called us to do. So in a small amount of time, we got a lot of purpose to fulfill. Jump in. He's not over there tailor-making a purpose for me. But when I'm in his purpose and I'm following my Moses and I'm listening to what he has to say and I understand the vision, then no one can take my position. Mm. Know your position. Can I tell you a little personal story? Pastor Brett told you that he asked me to come on and to serve full time in ministry and I have to preface it with this, I could not believe God spoke that to him. If you see some gray hairs on this man's head, they're from me. He had to hear from God, do you hear me? That's what Joshua's become though. Because when you don't think you're anything, God brings up Moses to see something in you that you can't see for yourself. So, of course, when he asked me to come on and to serve on full time staff, I did what every Joshua would do. I said, no. (laughs) Uh Oh, no, 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 not me. Two years they prayed for me. One of the elders, Keith Temple, said, man, I'm so happy you came on. I've been praying for you for too long. So now I come to our first staff meeting, I'm on staff, I'm feeling good, and you know what you got to do when you're on staff and, you you know, you're you're on a ministry team, you you go get your best outfit. I wore my best outfit to staff meeting. I kind of tried to pull up to the table like I was important. Bam. And I'm just waiting for my tasks to be given because obviously they're going to be great. So Pastor Brett said, Daryl, I have a task for you to do. I said, here it is. Woo. Bring, them. Bring them. Just line them up right here. Just, I was ready. I, was, I mean, I was ready. And here's what he told me. You see them two dead light bulbs up there? Go get a ladder, crawl up that ladder, and turn them lights on. Mm-mm, mm-mm no that's not my position it's not my position I've been poised purpose for greater so then he came to me right after that and he said I got another task for you and I'm like he finally got it he figured it out he said can you please because we have baptisms that night he said can you go to the baptismal pit and turn on the water to the baptismal pit now we were in Herndon Virginia and any of us who know about that baptismal pit in Hernan, you realize that the only way that you can turn on the water, is you got to crawl up underneath the baptismal pit. You got to disappear. <laughs> there's cobwebs and there's spiders and there's wood chips underneath this, and there is nothing underneath that baptismal pit that is holy enough for the position I'm called to. <laughs> I get out, I got wood chips in my hair and. And and, and I'm like, this is not my position. And then God told me, said, this will be your position for the rest of the time that you serve me. Because if you serve me, I've brought you here to turn on the lights in people's souls, to go to the places where it's dark, where nobody can see, and nobody else wants to go. And you bring something up out of them that cleans them up and makes them whole. Know your position. Know your position. And from that point on, I found great joy and pleasure serving in my position. You cannot lose your position. You can only leave it. If we hear what the Bible just said, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. So opposition cannot take it and God has established a position for you. Many people lose their position because they leave their position because they want to play somebody else's. They play somebody else's. When I played football. I couldn't run as fast as this man. I wanted to. I could not. They drafted me as a corner. Fast as I got there, they said, man, you got to go back to safety. You just can't play corner. I wanted to be a Hall of Famer, too. <laughs> it's okay, you can feel sad for me. Yeah, just... <laughs> but in order for me to be able to stay on the field, I had to make sure that I understood the position God had carved out and niche for me. Amen. So they moved me to safety. And your abilities can get you on the field, but it's the intrinsic intangibles that will keep you on it. It's not all the fluffy stuff. So they gave me this job. They went along with my position. They said, you call the plays. So I stood before the huddle and I would listen to my defensive coordinator pull in all of these signs and then I would have to get the signs and communicate them to the team so that we could go out and do our job. You are called to call plays. Get the plays from your coordinator. Stand before the people. Talk about what we're called to execute and go out and make a play your position. There are no demotions when you find your position. God will only add to you. Since the day I've served here, beginning as an usher, he has only added. And every step along the way has been a privilege. My dear friend, Krista Clark, helped me when he said, Daryl, it is such a privilege to serve God's people. We stood in the back of that door, passing out flyers, and I realized then, this is the position that I will play for the rest of my life. Do you have a position? Do you have a position? And I'm not talking about that seat. I'm talking about do you have a position in this church to advance God's purpose to see him do the business that he's called us to do? If you're Joshua, there's a position for you. I just want to add this one. I don't know if I put it in my notes, but... It says, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. We need to understand that proximity to God's presence many times is not based upon how much we yearn and we strain to get closer to God. It's what are we willing to do to get closer to our Moses. In in Exodus 33 it says that the children of God, when it was time to worship, they would all go and they would begin to pitch their tents. And Moses, out of all people, would grab his tent, he would take it a little bit further, and he would pitch his tent. And here's what I've learned, that if we really want to experience God, you've got to go a little bit further than what other people are willing to do. All of the other people, it says that the pillar would come down and God would speak to Moses face-to-face like friends speaking to friends. And everybody else was willing to stand at their door and worship from a distance. But Joshua found himself at the door of that tent. Because as God was speaking face to face with Moses, Joshua was getting FaceTime. He was hearing something that others could not hear. It's fearful to worship God at your doorstep, not knowing what you're worshiping for. But when you find yourself close to your Moses, then God begins to speak to you as he speaks to your Moses. Find proximity and closeness to your Moses, and you will begin to be with God like you never thought you could. Lastly, Joshua's, they obey. They obey God's word. Only be strong, verse 7, and be very courageous that you may observe to do all the law which who? We should get this now. Moses, my servant, commanded you. Obedience sometimes will have to come through the voice of your Moses. God commanded Moses to begin to go and to hear from him. And he wrote the decalogues, the Ten Commandments. And he made it present for the people. But, Mo, but, but Joshua understood that if I really want to obey God's words, sometimes I have to obey somebody else's voice. You heard him. I asked Daryl to, he said it nice. He asked me to leave my job. To come work for the church. Man, I had a house note. I was scared. And at that moment, I could either listen to the voices that were speaking to me. Or trust in the voice that was speaking to him. Obedience, many times, will have to come first through the voice of your Moses. We're called To be a Joshua generation. We're called to advance God's purpose. His kingdom purpose here on earth. It may take you 22 years like it did for me to see all of what God is doing. He moves you from 70 to thousands. But all of us, if we're Joshuas, we're going to have to cross that Jordan. We're going to have to cross that Jordan. There's a building next door. All that is, is a Jordan. We're going to cross it. Hear me. We're going to cross it. We're going to cross it. And when God is pleased with you, what did I say? He gives you more. More is coming. Don't ever grow weary of God's pleasure. Because when God is pleased with you, he will always ask you to do more. When God stops asking you to do something, you need to look around and see where you're at. And should you think that this is only about Moses, here's what God told me. Daryl, I've placed a Moses in your life so that through Moses you can see me. Through your Moses, you can see me. You obey him, I'll do what I've called you to do. You follow him, I'll give you the things you need. You trust in him because he's speaking for me. Then you're obeying me. But he also said this, I use Moses to see you. Will you trust in your Moses? Will you follow your Moses? Will you complete the things that God has called for your Moses? Will you compete for it? Or will you do what he's called you to do? As a Joshua generation, it is very clear. If we want to see it, we have to complete it. We want to be the generation that crosses our Jordans. Over the 22 years I've been here, Pastor Brett has already said it. There was a Jordan in D.C., a church plant. Cross that. There was a Jordan in Orlando, Florida, church plant. Cross that. There was a Jordan in Los Angeles, California. Cross that. And there's a Jordan in Phoenix, Arizona. And I'm telling you now, because what I've seen happen in my Moses and my people before, we're going to cross that one too. I want to pray for us because God is calling Joshua to be risen up in this moment. He says, now, therefore, arise. Some of you all, you may feel comfortable being on this side of the Jordan, but God is commanding us to cross over. His destiny and his purpose is big. And each one of us, we get to serve it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the examples shown in Scripture that it is so important for us to learn how to walk with people. Because then we learn how to walk with you. You humble us enough to realize that we have a privilege to complete your purpose instead of compete for it. Teach us and show us our position and give us strength, confidence, and security to do the best that we can in it. We want to be with you. We want to hear you, and we want to obey you. So, Lord, make us become like Joshua. It's in your name.